I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into another edition of the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Brian Peroni. He's back um, from a little trip with his his family um brian how's everything been going how, how, how was the trip oh it was good a lot of fun you know get away have uh celebrate some birthdays in mexico i know there were some rumors of of my demise they were greatly exaggerated so back ready to go uh went straight into camps last week you know and then baseball this weekend and official visits this weekend so this is actually sort of a crazy time um Wish my sisters would have waited until July to have their birthdays, but I had no choice over that. Yep. So, yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, it's just been nonstop since coming back. Pretty crazy times going on in Aggie Lane. Yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks for the AM staff. Obviously, June is a huge recruiting month with camps and official visits. Um, Going to be a dead period later this month that runs through the third week of July. So a lot of kids coming in for visits as they kind of look towards summer decisions and getting it out the way before their senior year is over. We'll touch on all that with the camps from last week. There's another week of camps to go. Um, Another big group of official visitors coming in this weekend, including Harris Sewell and Texas A&M commit Colton Thomason were a few of the the others. And then another one who uh, took an official visit earlier this month is Jaden Rashada, and he has a decision coming up on June 18th. Um, had a little busy stretch of, of visits last week. He went from Texas A&M to LSU and Florida uh, before heading out to Vegas for for what turned out to be a, a pretty huge seven on seven event, um, the OT seven seven event seven on seven event. Um, and his decision is coming up on Saturday. Um, you know, Brian, the 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 feeling with him, it's kind of a weird recruitment because there's a lot of schools that seem to get into the mix late for him, A&M and Florida being two of those after A&M lost a commitment from Eli Holstein. But um, A&M and Florida have both been able to put themselves squarely in the mix. I know you and I have both heard that those are kind of the two schools that that have really jumped in and and, and kind of pushed towards the front um, for him. He'd obviously be a huge addition and um, he really likes A&M. He likes A&M's history of, of quarterbacks, specifically Jimbo Fisher with, with Jameis Winston, um, and had a really good visit down to, down to A&M last weekend. I mean, the sense I get is A&M has very much put themselves in the mix and, um, is pushing for him as well. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, Rashada, so much has changed with them in such a quick, yeah. you know, such a short amount of time when A&M first offered, it looked like he was Ole Miss or Oregon. That's what everybody's talking about, Ole Miss or Oregon. Now, while both are still in it, especially his brother, who's a 2022 junior college recruit, just uh, committed to Ole Miss and is headed there, so that helps him. But they also ha- have taken another quarterback. But Ole Miss and Oregon is who people are talking about. Now people are talking about A&M and, uh, and Florida. So, you know, there's been that change, two completely different teams in, in a short amount of time. So – 
He's committing on Saturday, and I would not, you know, just sort of following his process. It's been a little, you know, it's been a roller coaster for sure. There's been a lot of ups and downs. AM fans haven't really seen it much because he's a new offer for AM, but, you know, there's just been just a lot of just crazy movement in there. So I wouldn't be willing to put anything in stone just yet, but I do think that both the Aggies and Gators are are in good position. Um, like you said, he visited both. He also visited LSU in between the two. LSU, I think, probably ends up getting Dante Moore out of Detroit. Uh, they seem the front runners there. So, you know, if you peg Dante Moore there, that leaves, you know, at the A&M and Florida spots. Uh, we said Ole Miss already got the commit from Marcel Reed, a four-star yeah. uh, out of Memphis. So, you know, that leaves the, the Aggies and the Gators sort of in good shape with the quarterback's rooms looking in good shape for Rashada. But, again, he, things could change completely overnight. And even after he commits, you know, you know, you never really know. It seems like this this decision was made and then a lot of official visits scheduled right in a row right before it. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of information to get before trying to decide. No doubt. And that's the thing. And I, I know Miami's been mentioned in the mix there as well. But, you know, kind of the sense I get, unless he's able to get back there this week for some sort of visit before he makes a decision, kind of feels like they're they're kind of trailing behind as as well. But that's another school that even earlier this spring generated some buzz. It, it's a good break for AM on this on this front that when you look at a guy like Rashada, it didn't really hurt them coming in late because a lot of other schools were kind of also in the same boat. And so when you look at AM, they were able to just almost explain, and I know this was something the family mentioned that they really appreciated, is just receiving the explanation that they had Eli Holstein committed and therefore weren't pursuing any other quarterbacks. And so that pretty much answered that question right then and there of um, of why they didn't offer and, and pursue him. And so that question was cleared up pretty quickly. And, you know, he seems to be a really big fan of, of, of college station and uh, mentioned he was keeping an eye on it even before he had the offer. So, but Florida is very much in the mix there as well. They've, they've certainly, um, built up a good relationship with him. He's been there multiple times. And so, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. And like you said, they're, it's going to be one where, you know, the decision kind of, you know, he's he's kind of crammed in a lot of visits pretty quickly. His dad says he's ready to make the decision. And so, um, you know, I think I think obviously you'd rather have him in the boat and, and try to keep him rather than try to oh, go the oh, other way. Yeah, no, him. for sure, for sure. It's always better to have him then, committed. Yeah. And then go from there. And, uh, you know, A&M, I know the other question that people seem to have is, is having Dante Moore scheduled for a visit the same time as, as Jaden Rashada um, is scheduled to, you know, decide. And so I, th- I think the thing that people kind of forget about that is A&M is probably going to have a pretty good idea ahead of the decision what Jaden Rashada is going to do. And so there's no harm in scheduling a visit. And then if you have to adjust later down the line, you can always do that, but um, you know, I think A and is obviously going to have an idea before June eighteenth what's going on, and then can kind of adjust their plan accordingly. Yeah, I mean, so Rashada and his family will meet this week, and you know, it gets out. They call coaches, you know, you tell them, you tell other schools. So yeah, they'll have an idea because uh, yeah, Dante Moore, I believe it's an unofficial visit yeah. that he's got scheduled for this weekend. I mean, that's a huge, you know, top five national player coming on campus. Even if they get Rashada, you know, heck. 
take two uh, really good QBs. There's no limit in yeah. this class, and you know we know we know Jimbo Fisher likes to uh, likes to take a ton of QBs or take a ton of players in each class. Yeah. You know, if he's taking the limit every year and there's no limit this year, who knows what he's going to do? You know, it could right. be could be nuts. But so let's say Rashada goes to Florida or another school. So then a And M fans can say who's next. Obviously, Dante Moore is is the the guy. Uh, right now, he's supposed to be in town uh, this coming weekend. L- Notre Dame thought they had him in the bag. Not so much. You know, they went ahead and they took a five-star from the 24 class in C.J. Carr that probably ruled them out of the uh, the sweepstakes for Dante Moore. LSU's in good shape, but A&M is looking to knock it out of the park there on that visit. But another guy that we've talked about a lot, yeah. fans may not have noticed this development, but Austin Novosad from Dripping Springs, he's an A&M legacy, committed to Baylor. He picked up an Ohio State offer recently uh, at camp and then went back this past weekend on an unofficial. You know, he's yeah. got his official – sorry, on, on an official this past weekend. He's got an official to Baylor. Uh, A&M wanted him to camp, you know, but they've seen him before. Uh, they saw him last year in camp. They've You know, there's been video of his workouts and stuff like that. So I think he, you know, to camp, you know, I think he wants that offer. So that's another guy to watch if Rashada chooses – Otherwise, because if they want in the Novosad sweepstakes, it's going to have to happen soon, you know. So, um, so yeah, those are the two to watch, I think, are, are Dante Moore and Austin Novosad. And, yeah, the Ohio State thing may have, you know, I think caused a lot of programs to be like, oh, you know, maybe we need to check out this this kid a little more because he's really good. Yeah, he is really good. And I think that was that was kind of an interesting development. And when, when he went on that visit to Ohio State, kind of said, okay, I'm going to have to kind of come back and 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 think through things and 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 think about what I want to do but no doubt I mean if if you miss out on on Jaden Rashada um you got to pivot pretty quickly and I think they they have a good idea about what they have in in Austin Novosad and obviously he came down on that visit earlier this spring and so um I still think A&M would have a, a pretty good chance there if they were to extend an offer but you're right. It has to happen soon because um, other schools are also in the mix and taking note. And um, he's going to be a backup plan for for a lot of guys. And uh, I think he's going to end up being a primary think, plan for some schools. I think he's going to be mean, a primary guy. But once 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 people figure out what's going on with Moore and, and Rashad. Yeah, those are those are the two dominoes him. that need to fall. So yeah, once the Rashad those- domino falls, that's going to cause, you know, schools, you know, the, the schools that don't get him to look to and then. When Dante Moore falls, that really will cause a bunch of it because yeah. there's a lot of schools are, are sort of all in on Dante Moore. So that's going to be exactly. – yeah, I, you're going to see a lot of really popular QBs after that for sure. And I think I think Rashado – I mean, I think Novosad will be right at the top of that list because he's, he's obviously performed really, really well at Elite 11s and everything that he's gone to has really um, kind of shined. And so um, he's going to be a great option for somebody. And, you know, Baylor's got him committed and, and he obviously really likes Baylor. And yeah. so, yeah, he'll be there um, this weekend on, on his official there. Oh, so, so we, so talking about Dante Moore, we talk about that message board geniuses account. I know we're both yeah. <laughs> fans of that. So Notre Dame's commit that they just got the five star from 2024 is CJ Carr, who happens to be Lloyd Carr's grandson. Lloyd Carr was a legendary longtime coach of Michigan. So I, I believe some Michigan fans think, okay, this is like 40, maybe 5D, 60 chess here. They think Lloyd Carr knows that Dante Moore is better than his grandson. So he sent his grandson to Notre Dame to make sure that Dante Moore ends up in Michigan. <laughs> so that's the that's the mental gymnastics that we got now. So 
in case you didn't know, Lloyd Carr is, is making sure Dante Moore is going to yeah. stay in he's, state. He's pulling the strings. Go, that are, yeah, yeah he's, he's going to Michigan by getting his younger grandson to commit to Notre Dame, sort of screwing his grandson in the process if he thinks that Michigan's a better school and also, <laughs> you know, saying, hey, Dante's better than you. So, yeah, man, I love it. I love I love message board. I love that message board geniuses. Uh, we did make it, I think, a couple weeks <laughs> they've, ago. They've, so. they've made it a couple times. There's, there's some gems on there. When you start seeing them, they – they they hunt down the and there there's certain posts now that I kind of see come across and I'm like oh this is just prime picking for message board genius oh for sure and you can tell it. some of them that they use are are like you know clearly joking but the Lloyd Carr one I think somebody like really I was thinking really that out like oh that. I bet I bet this and this and I picture <laughs> the guy drawing on the you know the beautiful mind drawn on the board so yeah yeah Chet's not so Dante checking, Moore right? Dante Moore to Michigan because of CJ Carr that's you yeah. you heard it. Well, you heard it on the message board first, and then from me second, like Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky quote, you know. <laughs> Paving the way for C.J. Carr to be the quarterback in Notre Dame in 2023. That's all yes. Lloyd Carr was kind of thinking about. Early yeah. playing time, he, he thought, I'll just take care of the early playing time myself. I'll just yeah. I'll just take that option out. Um, sticking with uh, visitors from this month, there was also a um, another couple of big visitors in town the past couple of days um the big news was obviously beginning on friday um during camps uh hakeem williams um showed up and um was escorted in by jimbo fisher on the golf yeah we saw him we're like hey who's uh who's riding in jimbo if if nobody's ever been to camp i think we shared some pictures but jimbo fisher has a really nice golf cart like it's it's got a front seat a back seat you know speakers all kinds of stuff and he just drives around from station to station, sort of checking out the top recruits. But if there's a recruit in town, they'll be in that golf cart with them if they're not working out. So, yeah, yeah. as soon as he drives into the indoor facility, we're like, all right, who, you know, we got to find out who is that in the back seat. And wasn't <laughs> we, hard we to figure out. Like, Hakeem Williams sticks out. You know, he's what, you know, he came in at 6'2 and three quarters, 200 pound receiver. Yeah. He sticks out. So, it wasn't hard to figure out who that was then. But yeah, just funny, just riding in there in style. And you're like, okay, yeah, top 50 national recruit. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot. And, you know, I know we remember this from last year, um, but when Bryce Anderson showed up and he kind of got the golf court, golf cart treatment around the entirety of the camp, oh, yeah. I remember we were kind of talking about that, about, you know, kind of seeing how Jumbo Fisher kind of operates, have him right in the front seat and, and get your VIP spot as, as you kind of go around to the different camp stations. Now we have learned, don't get in his way because that cart's moving whether you're <laughs> – Oh yeah, oh yeah. He 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 threatened some of us jokingly, you know. Jokingly. We were we were in his way, you know, like trying to take video. Um, so you you weren't around for the Kevin Sumlin era, but you know Kevin Sumlin used to take the swag copter, you know, the helicopter out to different recruits' games, and for a while it was undefeated. Everybody he took on the swag copter, and him landed, or everybody took the swag copter seat. So we got to check to see, right? We got to remember who he had in the golf cart last year yeah. and this year, and see Jumbo's <laughs> record with the. Uh, with golf cart visitors, how he does. I believe how he's done you're with right. Those. I believe so. I know for sure one was one was Bryce Anderson. I believe we have might might I believe Cam Dewberry might have been in there once he had worked out at a camp. I believe he might have been in there too. Yeah, probably and so. so. Well, I'll, I'll have to go look at look at the notes from last year. Yeah. We'll see how Jimbo's how Jimbo's done with his golf cart visitors. I feel like it's pretty good. I feel like he's 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 up there in terms of high percentages. Um. But you know, it's it's a big deal getting him back in on a on another unofficial visit. I mean, that's 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 huge in terms of um, you know he came for the spring game, 
obviously really, really likes A&M, was met by several members of the staff just pretty much as soon as he rolled in. And so, um, you know, I think a and is probably in good position to to get him back on an unofficial, on a, an official visit as well. Um, Stop me you if know, you've heard and, this before. Do you know where he's going this coming weekend on an official? Who, Georgia. Georgia. A, a, yeah, A&M and Georgia have had a lot of battles. <laughs> A&M had a Georgia <laughs> commit, had a long-time Georgia yeah. commit once again on campus for an official this yep. past weekend in uh, Cottrell. So Raymond Cottrell, receiver. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. He's also – Akeem Williams also has a pit official visit, a visit, yeah. visit schedule. You don't really see that. Um, and but, you know, there are – Pitt has done well in South Florida, so get a kid from Fort Lauderdale isn't out of the question. Go figure, too. Andy Jean is another one that he's got a Georgia visit coming up as well. And he's just on, <laughs> on A&M's campus for an official visit this weekend. So you're right, A&M and Georgia – there's obviously a ton of overlap there. I mean, Georgia just um, had Jamal Jarrett, who is then now coming to A&M yeah. on an official, so they're Sadir just switching Mitch- kids. Sadir Mitchell's another one. There needs to be an Athens to College Station, just like direct flight for recruits and coaches, because A&M <laughs> keeps stealing their coaches exactly. and sports staff, too. So, yeah, just put that direct <laughs> flight in there. Just put it down there. Just have just have a couple flights every Friday. Just have them yeah. going back and forth. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and another one um, that A&M had in town for another visit – and you and I have talked about this quite a bit, and and um, is Tony Mitchell was back for another visit. He's been on campus a ton of times. It's obviously not close three, to the three to, three to it's it's what it's the middle of June. He's been on campus three times. He's come all the way from Alabama, yeah. paid his own way because he was there for an the unofficial in January. I think it was a junior day, but if not, yep. it's just enough. And he was there for the spring game, and then again this weekend. He'll be back for the pool party uh, at the end of July, and then he'll be back for an official visit in the yeah. fall. So that's five visits from a kid yeah. from Alabama, from uh, just uh, Alabaster, which is just outside of Birmingham, a suburb of Birmingham. You know, that's five visits he's made. So I'd, I'd say he's pretty serious, five-star from, from Alabama. And the other thing I would note is these visits are not – just one day in and out. They yeah. seem to be Friday to Sunday kind of unofficial visits. Yeah, I believe all all four of that that he's made. Well, so he's made three this year. All three of those have been weekend visits. Last year he was uh, at last summer he was at a camp. I'm not sure how long he stayed, but yeah. So that's yeah, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of time spent in college station getting to know the current players. I'll tell you what, the current players they really like Jimbo Fisher and they like the staff. You know, we hear them talking out there at camps to recruits and to, to players and just among each other, you know, and they, you know, yeah, Jimbo Fisher, when you see video of him coaching at practice, he will ride players. I mean, he'll, he'll get on you. He's a yeah. tough coach out on the field, but off the field, he really is a, a player's coach for sure. And that's what they'll say to a T is, you know, they yeah. can go to him, they can be real with them. You know, he, he's, you know, his door is always open. And so, you do have current players just talking up the program and they like the future of the program. And so that really helps when he's spending time, you know, when Tony Mitchell and other recruits are spending time with them. No doubt. And, you know, even going back to um, last week and when I caught up with Miles McVeigh, um, to your point on this, he talked about um, his host was Antonio Johnson, obviously a former high school teammate, um, asked him what Antonio Johnson had told him about, about a and and he said, you know, there's a standard when you come here. There's a standard at practice to compete, to uh, to get after it. Um, but then, you know, Jimbo Fisher's obviously going to be there, you know, is kind of a fun guy, to, and the program the program has a lot of fun too. But when it's, when it's time to go to practice, it's time to compete. And there's competition for playing time every single day. 
Um, and there's a standard that you have to meet. We've heard that standard mentioned a lot, but to your point, I mean, the players really rave about just getting to play under Jimbo Fisher as well. And that, and that's a huge key when you come on, on visits, um, is, is hearing from those players, you get the true sense of, of what a program is like from them and being able to go through that on a day in and day out basis. Um, so to your point, they, they really do stress what, what it's like playing under Jimbo Fisher. And people are impressed with the facilities too. Who was it you talked to? Say so A&M's got Miles, some. Miles McVeigh kind they of. They might. has got some of the best facilities in the country, yeah. or the best. And it's like, so why are they tearing them down? It's yeah. like, you know, that's how committed they are. And I did actually, you know, I heard that from quite a few kids that were coming to camp, being like, "Man, this is really nice." And it's like, well, just wait and see what happens. Yeah. We saw the indoor track. They've already started clearing that out, and that's gonna go on. Then there the. I believe we heard the new facility is supposed to start being built right after the LSU game this year. So right, or maybe after bowl practice, depending uh, on the timing there. But so Anum won't get be able to use the indoor during the spring because it'll be it'll be being built. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, then it'll be you know around after that a lot bigger and everything. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because yeah, they do have some of the best facilities in the country, and yeah. they're only adding all those other things. Yeah, and too. It was uh, Miles McVeigh that was they that said, "Yeah, what do you need new facilities for? These already look spent." Dylan Evans said the same thing. Well, yeah, well these these facilities are are pretty sweet. And um, speaking of Miles McVeigh too, he also had some fun with Jimbo Fisher about you know asking him about what the media thinks of him, and, and then said, "You know, you're you're definitely not what the media." portrays you to be you're 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 a lot more fun and, and nice than the media portrays you to be i know so, that's yeah. what i'm saying i remember jimbo's first year espn just they went to one practice i don't remember which game it was but they just went to one practice and showed clips i was like man i was like dude he is intense i was like i was like how does he recruit well like what you know yeah. but yeah it it's it, yeah. there's an on and off switch on on uh on that night you know you and i saw steve adazio this not only this <laughs> spring but in camp i'll tell you what uh, you know, he's not a guy that's going to hold back because the kid's a recruit. You know, he's going to even these kids, these three day campers that are paying hundreds of dollars. You know, <laughs> they're getting these offensive linemen are getting the true A&M experience with Steven Dazio. It's pretty awesome. But there's no off you know, switch. There's no, no, there's no, no off not, switch not at all. I mean, really, some um... of these kids are like eighth graders and don't you loaf around him. You know, you better <laughs> do drills right the first time, too. But uh, but yeah, but I you know, we heard some of the, the current offensive linemen, you know, sharing about him with other people and. And saying he was the same way as, as Jimbo Fisher is. They they really like him off the field. You know, the on-field personality is different than uh, Josh Henson, so it takes a little bit, you know, some people to sort of get adjusted to that. But they all just talked about how, how much they did uh, they did like him, you know, and it, just, it just and that he's approachable it, and all that. And imprints a culture there. You know, they come to practice every single day with that with that sort of attitude. And so, um, you know, it, it starts there. Um, speaking of the camps, you know, there were some other official visitors in town as well. We're working to catch up with, including Harris Sewell and Jaden Chapman, um, and get, and get the latest from them as well. But a has brought in a ton of offensive linemen over the first two weeks of, of camp and has more. Yeah. They're going to have some decisions to make there. You know, yeah. we've talked about a receiver, you know, receivers, basically John T. Cook, Hakeem Williams, maybe Andy Jean, but, you know, there's not too many, like, surefire. There's a lot of really, really talented players, and a yeah. is is, is going to have a chance to be picky. Yeah, Adam Hopkins coming this weekend. Uh, offense line's the same way. They, You know, Harris Sewell, I think, is a is a take no matter what out of Permian, and he's – I'd say a and Clemson, you know, back-to-back visits are the two leaders for him. 
uh, a decision soon wouldn't be too big a surprise. But after that, it's just going to be, you know, who <laughs> I don't know, man, who impressed them yeah. the most just talking and hanging out on visits. I really don't know. I mean, they're bringing in a lot of offensive linemen. Yeah. Guys like Chase Basantis, we would think would be definitely a, a take for sure. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Like past that, they're going to have some decisions to make. And, you know, guys like Connor Stroh has a decision coming up. And, you know, I know Jaden Chapman wants to decide before the season starts as well. And so, you know, that's probably going to get figured out over the over the next month or so. Um, and then looking at the camps, obviously that's been going on for A&M wrapped up their first day of camps last week. Um, I think the guys that really caught our eye were uh, – I know you, you got a chance, good look at uh, Daniel Cruz. Um, oh, yeah. He to have a really good, really good first day there. And then, um, you know, the buzz on Friday was all about Tory Blaylock, um, who had a really, really good day. Um, so did Kobe Howard, who uh, just picked up an offer from A&M last week. Um, Dakaius Brinkley is an interesting guy. I know you had a story on him uh, Monday morning. Um, you know, he's a guy that looked maybe a little – Little stiff at linebacker, and then once they moved him to edge, though he was. It seems to be like the perfect spot for him to just come off the edge and um, has a good get off, can can get after the passer, and um, there's a lot of tools to work with there. And obviously, Freddie Debose is another um, guy that's that's seeing his recruitment take off. Yeah, so not as many offers, at least through one week, went out this year as last year. But yeah. also, last year, kids hadn't been on campus. They hadn't been allowed to take visits anywhere in, in like two years. So they were hitting as many camps, unofficial visits as possible. Remember, we did a thing. AM got over a third of every five-star in the country, made it to campus just last June in the two classes in 2022 and 2023. Uh, made it to campus and a lot of them for camp. This year, not as many like uh, of the national names are making it. I don't know if they're just not pushing as hard. I think we're, we're, we should see some some more this uh, coming week. But I yeah. think only there were three offers on Wednesday, three on Thursday, and I think just two on Friday so far. There'll probably be more. But um, but still, yeah, a lot of good talent. Uh, Dakaius Brinker, like you said, he plays defensive end for Seven Lakes. Uh, he's going to move to linebacker this year. So you can tell he's new to linebacker. But his dad, Jasper Brinkley, was an NFL linebacker. Uh, yeah. A&M liked him at both spots, linebacker uh, end, and sort of offered as an edge. He's going to be a real intriguing uh, intriguing player to watch. Uh, you know, when you compare a kid to somebody from the same school, it's sometimes a lazy comparison. But I think he is a lot like David Aguebu, who was a big A&M target a couple years ago. Eventually, A&M took some other guys at edge, and, and Aguebu ended up at, at Oklahoma and is now playing linebacker for the Sooners, uh, was also from Seven Lakes. And is probably actually a pretty good comparison for the guys, Brinkley. And then, yeah, Freddie DeBose, really fast kid. I mean, they test after practice, and it's a relatively slow turf. He ran a 4.55, which, you know, would have been probably, you know, low 4.4s if it was before and on a faster track. Uh, good player. You know, it struggled with his hands a bit, but you just can't coach his speed and size. Yeah. And then uh, another kid with NFL bloodlines is, like you said, uh, Tory Blaylock, uh, 2025 running back from Atascacita, had a great day. I mean, you could just hear the coaches raving about him throughout the drills. So he picked up a couple offers after that. Also, Dakaius Brink had picked up Texas right after AM. So you know they're all, you know, noticing what each other, what each other are doing. So uh, you know, AM sort of not afraid to offer kids. Dakaius Brink came in with three total offers. I'm not, I think Texas Tech was the only power five one. And a and wasn't afraid to offer. You know, they're not afraid to extend these 
So it, it, it's going to be interesting to to see what happens this coming. I think these the three camps this coming week will be a little more a little more talent laden. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, and the other guy we have to mention, I know, um, didn't get a chance to really meet with Jimbo Fisher on Friday. Caleb Beasley, the cornerback out of Tennessee, um, had a really good day, and so it wouldn't be a shock to see him get an offer. No, no, that um, kid, that kid was really good. Uh, he's yeah. uh, his school is where Trent Dilfer is the head coach. His quarterback was also there working out, but yeah, he had a great day. Had some good matchups with Kobe Howard. So, uh, yeah, he probably will get offered. Uh, Clemson offered the day after he was at A and M. So. You yeah. know, Clemson offers a kid from, you know, from sort of near them. You know, they've done their research and the background. So, so yeah, I, I, that kid's too good not to get one at some point. But yeah, I think uh, he had said Jimbo had an emergency come up on Friday, so they weren't able to meet. But he understood that. So, um, yeah, wouldn't be a shock to see one come. No question. He certainly getting to talk to him after after the camp on Friday. Certainly uh, enjoyed his experience and and you know enjoyed getting to work under TJ Russian and and DJ Durkin as well. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. When we come at, back after the break, we're gonna talk a little Texas A and M baseball, who are heading to the College World Series in Omaha following a a sweep of Louisville over the weekend. We'll talk about that and and plenty more coming back after this quick break. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. Um, Brian, the remarkable turnaround of Texas A&M baseball continues. Um, this time last year, Texas A&M not only didn't even make, saw their NCAA tournament run come to an end or streak come to an end, they didn't even make the SEC tournament. Now, 12 months later, under Jim Schlossnagel in his first year, Texas A&M's heading to the College World Series after beating Louisville in the Super Regional this weekend. Uh, undefeated so far in the regionals and super regionals um, will now be heading to Omaha. And it's just, it's pretty incredible. It just continues to be pretty incredible what they've done. Um, having to rally from behind in a lot of these games too. And just, um, I think what, all what, five postseason games so far. So A&M and Ole Miss are the only teams that are undefeated. I believe they're the only teams that are undefeated in, uh, in the NCAA tournament play. Uh, Ole Miss had two shutouts of Southern Miss in the in the call in their super regional, whereas AM has had to rally in every single game. And yeah, it's just this team, just I mean, they are never out of it, and it's yeah. that's not something we've seen from AM teams in the past. It's just completely different. And and not only are they not ever out of it, you're always sort of sure, like, okay, they're going to pull, pull this out, you know, like it's yeah. you know, if they need to win, they're going to win. and 
You know, it's like, you know, I write fans notice that, you know, game stories go up really fast right out of the games. You know, I write them as they're going and I rarely write a lead like that. Oh, a and lost, you know, I was like, I'll, I'll either leave it blank or I'll be like, I bet they somehow pull it and I'll add the, you know, <laughs> add the line about how exactly they won on whatever yeah. walk off it was. But it's just, it's incredible. And, you know, even looking at, you know, the, the regionals going back to that, the, uh, the resilience against TCU and and the way that game, the swings of that game, and then how they were able to respond. You know, TCU scores four runs in an inning, takes the lead, home run here. And um, this past weekend, the swings with Louisville when things weren't going right all the at, at all times. And um, you're gonna be you're gonna be persona non grata in Kentucky, by the way. Though they are very with you saying Louisville, like they are very. They're it's Louisville, Louisville. Louisville. I don't I don't know, but I was like I've gotten yelled at before. Oh yeah, Louisville. but I. I went there a couple of years ago and, and kind of got kind of gotten earful about that. So <laughs> I, yeah. uh, I know they, they, they changed they the really, name of the spelling on very particular yeah. about that. Yeah. I don't call it a Louisville slugger. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. And just however it comes off. You see, I've always got the thing. I can just say it's my South African accent. Oh, that's true. That's, always yes, my, right. that's, always my, that's my how you learned out. it. That's how you learned it in Jayberg. How to, how to say Louisville. Louisville, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's my go-to out on that's on those situations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know the un- the other impressive thing to me about what a has been able to do, ha- you know, Micah Dallas has been solid um, enough, and but they haven't really even had good starting pitching throughout this no. throughout these weekends. They've they've had they haven't had good starting bullpen. pitching since like mid season or mid SEC yeah, play. Yeah. It's crazy because the beginning of the year, all we talked about is how bad the bullpen was and how good starting pitching had been with Dallas and Detmer. And then it was awful the second half of SEC play. And, you know, with uh, Moo Menifee coming in, uh, Jacob Polish coming in, those guys were just automatic. And we saw that again this weekend. You know, Brad Rudis had a had a almost three-inning save, you know, true freshman out there. So, yeah, the bullpen has been lights out. And when the you know if the, if the bats just do enough to take a lead, the bullpen has been really good. And it's just funny because that was a such a liability. I think Menifee's ERA is still not great, even though he has been like incredible the second half of the season. And I mean, just what he's had to do specifically on Menifee, the turnarounds that he's had to be able to pitch when he's been able to pitch has been pretty impressive. I mean, when you look at at even the regional weekend. <laughs> throws 51 pitches and then two days later he's coming back to pitch again and give them more. And they have just stretched this bullpen as far as they can possibly go. And I know it was after the game against TCU, they asked Jim Slosnagel about Monday night and he was like, I don't know what we would have done bullpen wise. Yeah. We're not built right now to, we don't, we don't have starters going deep enough right now. No. And it's basically just those two guys. And so it's, it's just, I mean, the the amount of guys that have stepped up and uh you know they at certain at some point they're gonna need big time starts out of Detmer and Dallas. I mean it's it's gotta happen if they really do want to advance um in Omaha, but w- what this bullpen's been able to do up until this point is is just pretty incredible. Yeah. And so I actually when I, I said that Brad Rudis got this uh, th- the save, he didn't. I totally discounted a huge storyline from the weekend when Polish came back in with a three, two count, you know, yeah. uh, and, and a man on, on, uh, in the second game and just, uh, shut the door on him. I mean, that, I mean, just to bring a guy in with a three, two count, I mean, that's like, that's ridiculous. And, you know, just that Schlossnagel was, was 
willing to do that. And then the polish, polish loves getting in jams, but is great getting out of them. But yeah. this time he already came in in the jam, so yeah, <laughs> he, was, he did a great job of 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 digging out of that. He was all. I mean, yeah, he's 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 able to stay calm, and and you're right. I mean, Jimbo. I mean, not J- Jim Schlossnagel talked about that. That you know, three two count bringing a guy in is is a bit unconventional. But he mentioned the swing before. I didn't like the swing they had on Rudis, and so it was time to just go get him and 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 make that decision right there. And you know, he's made some big time decisions that that virtually every pitching decision he's made so far has worked out. Um, and I think, I think, you know, the other note where you think defense was a little better this week and it was awful during regionals. Um, you know, yeah, it was bad during the, SC, during the SEC tournament as well. Just the amount of, the amount of teams that could, could just bunt for a base hit and, and what it ended up, you know, that's, that's half the problems that ended up being created for Detmer is, you know, being able to field his position and, uh, you know, Jim Slosnagel kind of talked about that as well as pitchers just being able to field their position and kind of creating jams for themselves. But, you know, just in the, what this team's and you know, you, you look at guys like Troy Clonch and what he has meant to this team to have the walk-off hit on Friday night. Um, they've just provided such a, a veteran presence and, and the timely hitting has been, I think they were hitting over 600 at one point during the regionals with two outs, um, just it's it's been pretty remarkable what they've been able to do offensively and and score just enough and come up with just enough timely hits to to be able to do it and um, you know where this team was picked to begin the year um, this has got to be one of the best coaching jobs in America this past year. Oh no, for sure. I mean, like I said, the fact that they're one of two undefeated teams in the postseason, you know, took care of business at home. Yeah, it they weren't none of the games were really pretty, you know, but all they do is win. So it's going to, and what do we think about uh, their half of the bracket in the, in the college world series? It's going to be interesting. So you got A&M yeah. Texas, who was ranked number one for most of the season or much of the season. Uh, A&M beat them, you know, in the, the game. I just, just saw that the, the odds came out and Texas is actually now the uh, considered the favorite to win the college world series, but they're up there. And then you got A&M opens against Oklahoma, who is red hot. A&M hasn't lost a series since early April. Oklahoma hasn't lost a series since early April. Uh, Sooners are red hot. And then uh, Notre Dame, who just happened to knock off one of the best teams in college baseball history in, uh, in Tennessee. So, Two of the two of the teams in that top part are unseated, and one A and M is the only top eight national seed in their half of the bracket. But it's still really tough because those other teams are are red hot. Yeah, so Oklahoma is a is a real difficult draw because you know, and I know Sam kind of talked about this when we had him on to preview the bracket. Now <laughs> we talked a lot about Tennessee that weekend because we kind of figured Tennessee would would be in this, but you know that was kind of a stunner to see. The, them go out in the super regionals um talk about how oklahoma was was going to be a big threat in this tournament and how probably a little bit underseated based on what they did um the latter part of the year um to me texas a&m and oklahoma are kind of the two big challenges i mean texas uh you know was able to get by east carolina with wins the um two wins to close out the weekend after dropping the opener um, but I don't think there's two teams playing as well as Oklahoma and A&M are right now though. Is A&M flawed? Yes, sure. They are, and, you know, but, but they've, they've proven to be able to find a way and, 
you know, there's a quick hook on starting pitchers, and they're just going to ride this bullpen as far as they can possibly take him. Um, wouldn't discount Notre Dame either. You can't discount Notre Dame after what they just did to going on the road and beating and beating Tennessee. It's a really tough bracket. Um, I mean, and Notre really Dame, tough. everybody expected them to get a national seed. So, you yeah. know, it, yes, it, it was an it would have been an upset if anybody would have beaten Tennessee. But I mean, it wasn't like Notre Dame was just this not just this terrible unseeded team. Right. I mean, they should right. have been one of the top 16 seeds. So yeah, that's, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with if, you know, A&M ends up playing them, but just the thought of, Hey, you know, if I, if, if things hold to whatever, you know, the line probably has A&M as a favorite over Oklahoma and then Texas, you know, if they could, you know, who had the Aggies and the Longhorns facing off in the college world series before the year, like nobody, when they played okay. mid season, I mean, I, you know, A&M won, but you know, Texas still stayed number one and A&M was not even close to being ranked. So. Yeah, nobody yeah. expected a rematch in Omaha. No, that and then that would be a heck of a rematch just with everything on the line. Um, um, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really fun weekend. It's it's gonna be awesome to to kind of see. And I think AM fans are, are frankly just gonna soak up soak up being there because I don't think they could have imagined at the beginning of the year getting there under year one of, of Jim Schlossnagel. I know there were a lot of positive signs at times, but I think I think fans kind of understood, you know, this might take take time to get going, but boy, it's happened a lot quicker than than anybody could have ab- absolutely imagined. So, you know, just just closing out, Brian. Where what do you think? We talked about this at the beginning, right after the SEC tournament. What do you think is? How, what do you think A and M can do now that they got to Omaha? What do you you know? The I, I said, I said then, I said then, game. I think they could, I think they could win it, you know, because yeah. of the fact that they're so resilient and so if you get through the first half of the bracket or if you get through your half of the bracket in Omaha, then it turns into a best of three series. And him hasn't lost a series since those yeah. uh, Alabama Auburn back-to-back ones very early in SEC play. They can, they've shown they can win series against people. So, I mean, the ceiling, the ceiling is the roof. Was that the, yeah. like a Jordan quote? No, but I think, I think, I think they can win it. Um, you know, it's also a tough bracket. There's a chance of, of two and done too. I mean, that's not out of the question. I think yeah. though, I, th- I don't think that'll happen. Uh, but I, it literally any of those four teams could advance to the, to the final and any of them could win the whole thing and it wouldn't be a shock. Yeah. And then you have the other half. I mean, Stanford, Stanford is just raking home runs. They hit eight home runs and a loss on Saturday and then hit a, a guy hit maybe one of the longest ones I've ever seen yesterday. I was watching it. If they make it, I mean, Ridiculous Oregon State. Texas is a power hitting team. I mean, Ivan Melendez could break the uh the single season home run record, at least in the BB Core era. Uh so I mean, there's going to be, you know, there's gonna be a lot of runs scored in Omaha. So it's yeah, you know, AM has proven they can do that. So if, if AM's bullpen can come on and and sort of shut down the others and AM can can eke out the runs and get it get a few home runs of their own, it's gonna be it, it could play re- really well in their favor. Yeah, I think AM is clicking right now up and down the lineup in terms of guys that they can turn to. Uh, it seems to be a different guy every single time stepping up. Obviously, Jack Moss has been tremendous this postseason. Troy Clonch has been great. Dylan Rock, Austin Post. I mean, even Jordan Thompson. How about him? The way he stepped up the latter part of the year, hitting a, a, a game tying two. Everybody home expected home. the the eight hole hitter to come up with that. Two and almost yeah. him hadn't been able to get any offense all night. So yeah. 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 How about him coming up and, and, and stepping up in a huge way? So it's gonna be a fascinating week. And I I know AM fans will will have a lot of fun um 
kind of watching that. And, and we'll be here next Monday to break it down, break down another big week of uh, camps and visits. Um, so be sure to stay tuned on the site. It's going to be a big week um, as things kind of pick up. Also with ahead of the Jaden Rashada announcement on Saturday, we'll have you certainly covered with all the latest there. Um, if you like these videos, be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube to get a notification every time a new video arrives. Um, listen to us on Spotify and iTunes as well. Um, and if you like our podcast, be sure to give us a five-star review and give us a rating on there um, and hit the uh, subscribe button on there to get notifications as well. Every time a new podcast drops, um, you know, enjoy this weekend in fans. It's going to be a fun one. Um, we'll have you covered with a lot again on the board and, and on the site um, looking ahead to Omaha and, and everything on the recruiting trail. Um, so with that, uh, take care and everybody have a great week. takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.